You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. I saw all the, oh, I don't care crap. A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian Pigeon Mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramont Plus. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Once again, I'm joined in the studio by Jeff and Neil. Wonderful to see you, Ken. As always. Good morrow. Good good morrow to you, Neil. Good bone morrow. And how, how, how are things on the estate? Uh, the estate uh, is in flux, and uh, once my letter from my nephew comes in, we'll find out uh, how the final preparations are being made. <laughs> so many words for so little content. Guinevere <laughs> has cholera. Yes, right. Uh, yes, Aunt uh, Mildred has cholera, and uh, the, the horse's uh, handler uh, is Boinking the Gardener. Wow. Yeah. It's like a Jane Austen novel up in here. But uh, thankfully, we're going to be rescued by that by a couple great guests today. Yeah, we have wonderful guests today. Our first uh, first time uh, listener, first time caller, I should say, long time listener, uh, Oakland Five supporter on Patreon. Come to us from the Berkeley, California area. John Ross, how are you, John? Hey, I'm doing good. Yeah, long time, first time. Yeah, so nice to have you here and uh, get a chance to meet you a little bit before we started recording. But uh, for the folks at home, uh, tell them a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so like you said, I'm out here in Berkeley, California with my wife and two cats. Um, love bar trivia, hiking, playing guitar, sports, mostly football. Um, yeah, I've been listening to you guys since uh, Geek Bowl 2019, um, I think. I think y'all had some nice. advertisements up there. And, uh, ah, yeah, Vegas, happy, yes. yes. Happy yes. to finally be here. Thank you. That's awesome. And thank you also for playing football, playing guitar, uh, playing sports, and all those things at the same time and listening to the show uh, is what it sounded like. So um, thank you for that. Um, talented guy. Very talented. And our, our special guest host today, someone uh, who's no stranger to the show, uh, he comes from the town where Dan Marino made a name for himself uh, in college uh, in order to become one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Uh, and he, Isotoner spokesperson. And Isotoner f- spokesperson and someone who kissed uh, Randall Einhorn or Finkel. I can't remember. Finkel or Einhorn, one of them. <laughs> Either way. Uh, but uh, we're so excited to have him here. I'm uh, so confused. He's at the Patreon level of Please Don't Tell My Wife How Much I Give Triviality. Uh, and he's a lifer for Triviality, which we appreciate. David Feuder. How are you, David? Neil, Ken, Jeff. Great to be here again. Yeah, the land of uh, Dan Marino, the land of Neil's favorite burnt almond torts, you know, <laughs> we're just waiting for you guys to get over here and we can have a live game or something. But, um, you know, it's it's been about six, seven months and it's time to get back on the podcast. Great to see you guys again. Yeah, you too. Yeah. Always and, uh, happy to have speaking you Speaking of uh, Ace Ventura, Matt is actually on a Miami movie tour oh, right. of all the locations. Oh, locations. He's getting yeah. a tour from Tyreek Hill he's, or he's something. He's under the docks or whatever, wherever Dan Marino is tied up. Yeah, yeah, under the docks. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, of the Dolphins, this is a really quick aside for people who love sports. Mike McDaniel is their coach. He's sort of a wunderkind with uh, offensive plays, Ken, but he's mm-hmm. a young guy. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, there's a comedian like named... 12? Well, yeah, he's, he's, he's a wunderkind 12-year-old offensive coordinator and, and head coach. Uh, there's a comedian named Dan Soder. He's from the TV show Billions. You, maybe you've seen him before. Anyway... They're best friends, and when they were kids, there was a funny story where he said they'd play Tecmo Super Bowl, and Mike McDaniel, the coach of the Dolphins now, would pick the Cowboys, take Deion Sanders, and go very deep into the safety area, and then intercept all of his friends' passes, and every time he would do it, he'd go, prime time. And he said it just it haunts him to this day. So, It anyway. sounds like me and your brother playing Mortal Kombat. That's what it reminds me of. Yeah, he reminded Except me. I just keep going, smoke, because <laughs> I just spam him with smoke moves. Oh, do you? Yeah. yeah. That's the way to play it. Yeah. Um and uh, David, uh, David's going to be hiring me uh, pretty soon for some PI work, but we'll we'll talk about that <laughs> off camera. Yeah. Um, 
But uh, David, you wrote today's game. So what do we have uh, in store today for your game? Oh, you know, just your typical general knowledge. Try to keep it fun. Try to make the questions gettable for you guys. It sounds like we're going to have some good teams today. I, I expect them and hoping moderately high scores. Well, speaking of teams, Ken. Uh, yeah, John, I, I was looking at your shelf behind you there. You have a couple figurines from, what was it, Elden Ring, Dark Souls, and those sorts Lord of games. Lord. So I said, okay, so our team name is going to be Glutton for Punishment. Yeah. Love and uh, Since those are notoriously hard games. Well, Ken uh, started talking about uh, one of the, the Seven Sins, and Jeff got on that track. Uh, and then, Jeff, uh, we started talking about the movie Seven. So uh, we said, uh, what's in the loot box is going to be our team name. What's in the loot box? Yeah, so anytime you, you join Patreon at the, the uh, uh, rules guy impersonator level or higher, you get a, a loot box, and maybe one day it could be... It could be you. could be you. Yeah. It also has 15 minutes of free Not lives. in the box. Not in the box. Right. Opening the box. We're not talking about the CEO of Goop here, but it could be anyone, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, uh, let's get the rules so we can begin today's game. The rules of the game are simple. 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. I am the cream! All right, we now have the rules. Uh, go ahead and take it away, David. All right, let's ease into this game with a geography question. So, Greensboro, North Carolina is the most populous U.S. city, which starts with the letter G. The second and third most populous cities, which starts with the letter G, are both found in the same western state. Name it. All right, Jeff, you wrote down an, an answer. I wrote down one. I think it's the same one, so we're going to lock it in. So, John, I can't really think of any G cities. Can you? Um, I know there's Greeley, Colorado, which is not huge. It's near Fort Collins. Um, I think there's Grants Pass in Oregon, which also not huge. Yeah. I don't know how L.A. kind of subsidies break down. I know there's like a Gardena out there. I mean, my a lot of big cities. My, uh, I, I would hedge our bets and say California is you know one of the most populous states and uh you know probably has a lot of various cities with high population so maybe just say california i agree pre pretty far west as well so we'll say california they also have the city of garden grove which i've forgotten about um but neil and i must have just been thinking about something else earlier because we both focused in on glendale arizona so we just guessed arizona well, loot boxes on the board. It is Arizona, Glendale and Gilbert, mm. Arizona, site of a few Super Bowls. Glendale. So yeah, it is oh, Arizona. Gilbert. That's right. I'm glad you locked in Goofy said Arizona because I was talking about Glendale, California, where a lot of film professionals live. But like, luckily, you said Arizona. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. We are not on the same page today. This should be an interesting one. I think I saw a thing on Thursday. I think Brock Purdy came from Gilbert, Arizona. They were talking about that before the game. and just Yeah, it's Glendale and Gilbert. But All right, round one, question two. I did mention a Super Bowl, so the second question of the round is in music. Very current event music question. Who was announced today as the halftime headliner for Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas, Nevada? We can lock in. Wow. Today. As what is today? 25th? 24th? Today is the 24th of September. Of September. I think I saw that this was Usher like an hour ago. Yeah, we're going to lock in with Usher. That is correct. Usher, really? Mm. Usher Raymond. Wow. He's also going to show people to their seats before the game. He's a double threat. <laughs> he is a double threat, and he is headlining Super Bowl 58. It is Usher. He has to bring out Lil John. I would what hope. has he even done in the last 15 years Not to sure. get a Super Bowl? I guess. Well, I think this is what happened. I think he has a residency in Vegas. And I oh. bet the NFL was like, well, we don't have to pay him that much to come to the to the, the Death Star. That's so. true. I have a feeling that's the same thing that they do with the Who, where it's like, we'll just get them. They won't cost us too much. Well, Taylor Swift yeah. turns it down every year. She just turns it down. And then I thought it was going to be Harry Styles or Miley Cyrus. That was the rumors, but they went with yeah. Usher. Wow. Well. All right. Well, good job. Yeah. Both teams got the points there. Let's go round one. Question three. I do have a wrestling question, so let's ask a wrestling question. Name either of the two wrestlers who main evented the only WrestleMania 
where both competitors in the main event were billed by their given names, not a stage name or a nickname. So, Jeff, I'm not sure if these two wrestlers main evented WrestleMania, but they always go by their real name, and I know they've fought before, so I'm just kind of hedging my bets. Those are pretty sweet, cool, actual names. Okay, so do you want to lock those in? Sure, let's okay. do it. So these 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 two went against each other, right, in the same WrestleMania? I think uh, Kurt Angle's real name is Kurt Angle, wouldn't you say? Dave Bautista's real name is Dave Bautista. I don't. I don't know if they faced each other. Hasn't Mick Foley wrestled under Mick Foley before? That I don't know. Okay. That I mean, yeah, I got. I got not a lot here. I mean, I, we could just pull those those two. I can maybe think. Maybe. Oh, you only. He only needs one. People. He only needs one. So, what do you want to say? Was that Dave Bautista? Kurt Angle would be my my two. I, I liked Kurt Angle more than Bautista. Let's go to Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle. So I could be wrong, but I believe Bautista in the WWE, his name was B-A-T-I-S-T-A, but his real spelling, I think, is B-A-U-T-I-S-T-A. Mm-hmm. They took out the uh, uh, heritage. Um, but, um, I yeah, we, we put down Kurt Angle and Brock Lesnar. We think they probably fought each other. And if we're only going to go with one... Brock Lesnar seems to main event more WrestleManias than anyone because Vince loves him. So we're going to lock in with Brock Lesnar. So the answers are Lootbox said Brock Lesnar and Glutton said Kurt Angle. Mm-hmm. And those two fought each other in the main event. You had both sides of it. It was wrestling question. There you go. <laughs> Brock Lesnar <laughs> or Kurt Angle. Either of them would be correct. That's correct. Good job. Okay, let's move on to round one, question four. It is, a, it is a Sunday, so let's have an NFL question. So other than my hometown Pittsburgh Steelers and Triviality's hometown Chicago Bears, name two of the other five NFL teams which do not have full-time competitive cheerleading squads. I had a feeling this was a cheerleading question. So before the game, John said that he was uh, proficient with sports, and I'm no sports, we said. Uh, I don't know if your sports knowledge extends into the having or not having of cheerleading squads, but uh, I'll leave it to you. I can say, though, the Cowboys confidently do have a cheerleading squad. I can, can confirm. Uh, I think we're going to go ahead and lock in one. I'm I'm 95% sure of the other one. I'm, I'm feeling okay about, uh, confident enough to persuade Neil, so we're going to go with that. So, John, it's up to you. Okay, so my head's going to places where it's cold, where... They don't have a dome, and probably the team is like more sort of old and traditional. I know that uh, kind of the, the Steelers are definitely that way. Um, that's putting me towards the Packers, um, the Giants, the Browns, um, somewhere in there, just where like you don't want people doing cheerleading in December outdoors, anyways. So it's your call. As I watch zero football. Okay. Um, if I had to, if I had to choose, I would go with the Packers and the Giants. Giants is a great guest. They're very traditional over there, the Rooney family uh, and the Mara family. Um, oh, yeah. That would be the the Rooney Maras are the Steelers and the Giants family. So Right, and the whole family has dragon tattoos. But what did you put down, Jeff? Um, so Green Bay, I'm, I'm almost positive of. And I actually thought the majority of the teams in the NFC North didn't. So we guessed the Lions. Okay. Well, one team is getting points there. And it was John who got – actually, all three mm. of John's choices would have been correct. Wow. So the correct answers there, you could have said, and I think John said the Packers, the Giants, and the Browns. Those are all correct. And the other two you could have said were another very cold team, the Buffalo Bills. Oh. And then one very cheap West Coast team, kind of near John, the Los Angeles Chargers. They do not have a cheerleading so, squad. Wait a second. Um, did Buffalo recently got, get rid of them? They used to have the Jills, I think they were called. Yeah, they're, they're not there yeah, anymore. Yeah, the Buffalo Jills. The Buffalo they're not Jills. there anymore. Oh, okay. Why would they get rid of that? Probably because. Can't imagine. Yeah. Okay. All right. Round one, question five. We'll get away from sports here for a second. Let's go to gifts. Uh, my wife and I in the in the next year are going to be celebrating 22 years together. But when you, oh, we get congrats. to 35 years, the traditional wedding gift for the 35th wedding anniversaries is one of the few wedding gifts that at one time was alive. Name it. Slugs. <laughs> Give her the... <laughs> 
you buy them at the first anniversary. That's like that. Uh, see if they last. That's like the meme going around now. Where it's like you know, would you get paid ten million dollars, but a snail uh, is always coming at you and will never stop. And if it gets you, you die. But it's like for your thirty fifth wedding anniversary, they set a snail when you get married, and it takes thirty five years for it to get to you. Uh, I that's I, my best guess right now. I don't. I don't think it's jade eggs, Jeff. Um, but but we could we could uh, lock your answer in. What about uh, shells? I, I was thinking like pearl or something. I don't know if that counts as. Oh yeah, alive. yeah. I mean, mm, yeah, it's part thing. of a. It's a part of a process. Right. Um, Flowers, wood. Those are both alive at one point. Wood is one, but I don't think it's third. Oh, he said the only one that was once alive, right? One of the few. Oh, one of the few. Yeah, paper. You, paper think, is theoretically. I think once thirty alive. is is too far along to do, to do wood. So I, I like pearl. Yeah, yeah, wood feels a little rich at that. But yeah, I'm good with that. Pearl is a great answer. It's a, a DVD copy of the movie Pearl, <laughs> by Ty West. Um, Neil and I. I don't know. We were thinking maybe DVD we low res. <laughs> maybe we were thinking um, that at 35 years, you just want to make sure you keep that flame alive. Um, and we said leather. Ooh, okay. Ten points to me. Um, John was close there with Pearl. The answer is Coral. 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 The Walking kid from dead. Walking Dead. Yeah. Coral. Coral. <laughs> yeah. So I hope I make it 35 I years to, to give my, my wife a nice piece of coral. Dead, so. Anyway. Coral. Um, well, it looks like both teams are at 30 points, so we're, we're tied right now. Okay. We're starting the second half of round one. Round one, question six. Categories amusement parks. Two of the oldest still operational wooden roller coasters in the world share this animal name. One is located in Seabreeze Park in Rochester, New York. The other at Kennywood Park in Pittsburgh. Belonging to the genus Lepus, Mark Twain popularized the name of this small mammal in his book about Western adventure, Roughing It. All right, we are going to lock in with something that's probably very wrong, but it sounds like a cool roller coaster. Yeah, so I can think of uh, some roller coasters named after larger mammals, but none for small mammals. So I was thinking like bull, buffalo, uh, bison, buffalo, um, wolf. But we're talking about a small mammal. Bat. The, smaller, the smaller ones just don't seem all that interesting for a name, like a Squirrel. roller coaster named after like a gopher, a prairie dog, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I know... Aren't it's the bunny coaster. Maybe wolf, uh, wolf, fox, something in that size. Oh, fox. Um, yeah, maybe beavers, fox. What's that? There wouldn't wooden roller coasters. Beavers eat wood. I don't, I don't know if they would. <laughs> I kind of like fox. I would consider that small. Yeah. And it's still like tough enough. Fox or beaver. Right. Let's say fox. Yeah, this is well before the meme of like honey badger would be a coaster, right? I love what John was saying there though, because I could I could see a roller coaster where it's like the beaver dam or something. When you're riding, you get a big jump. Like there's like a little animatronic beaver. It looks like he's biting the wood and it's gonna break, and you think you're gonna crash, but you don't. Um, yeah, we wrote down badger, Wolverine, and lynx. We had no idea. And Jeff said, uh, "I love Hugh Jackman," so we said Wolverine. Oh, I thought you were gonna somehow back your way into that answer you got very Links. close there at the end with hugh jackman if i ever get the triviality crew of pittsburgh we'll take you to kennywood and we'll put you on the jackrabbit with all of its jumps oh. it is the jackrabbit mm. okay so not bunny rabbit but jackrabbit jack that's not cool are those like the really huge rabbits they're technically hares i was looking them up they they're have hares. like big ears and stuff but none of they're, them are near they pittsburgh look like real grime grinders <laughs> yeah grimy real rabbits. sinewy like jackrabbit grinder is that a sandwich? What is a jackrabbit grinder? Oh, it's an app for oh, jackrabbits. Okay. Oh, I, I thought jackrabbit <laughs> grinder was... Uh... John is working on that, right? Fine. I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I'm, I'm responsible for the ads. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Round one, question seven, uh, television. Um, this question was actually inspired by a book I was recently reading. It was called uh, Behind the Scenes, Illustrated Floor Plans and oh. Scenes from the Best <laughs> TV Shows of All Time. So here we go. So while the floor plan... <laughs> So while the floor plan for the home in this sitcom was nothing particularly memorable, featuring most prominently a couch in the middle of the living room, the home in question was located at 9764 Jeopardy Lane in Chicago. Legend has it that the home was built on a landfill used by Native Americans where they would discard their old moccasins. Name the show. You already have this right now? Yeah, we can lock in. Okay, cool. Do Would this be maybe um, All in the Family? 
or Family Matters? Family Matters was definitely in Chicago. Yeah, I was trying to... Um, was Different Strokes Chicago or New York? That I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I'm just wondering if the discarding old moccasins is supposed to be leading me somewhere. Maybe that's why um, Urkel turned into Stefan Urkel. Uh, let's say, uh, let's say family matters, shall we? Works for me. Was this person a shoe salesman, Neil? He was a shoe salesman. Yeah, this is a show I think people forget took place in Chicago, and, and it's often kind of forgotten, even though it has sort of a darker humor to it. But we said married with children. Oh. Yeah, and uh, loot box is getting points there. It is married with children. The moccasins was about a was a little clue I dropped in there, but yeah, married with children is the correct answer. Great job. Okay, round one, question eight. Uh, Categories colleges. What is the only full-time member of the Big Ten to ever leave the conference? This founding school was in the conference for 50 years before leaving in 1946, although there is still one current member of the Big Ten within 20 miles of this former member's campus. Name it. Well, as you know, uh, the only thing I know less about than sports is college sports. So I'll leave this to you. Neil and I have discussed. Uh, we have an answer we like. We'll see if it's the right one. What are you thinking, John? So, uh, first Heisman winner went to U Chicago. Um, so, and I know Northwestern is probably within 20 miles of U Chicago, and that is a current Big Ten school. So, I would think, I mean, my brain's going to either U Chicago or uh, DePaul, but Yeah, I don't. I would probably go with U Chicago over DePaul, but it would be one of those two. That sounds good. So, uh, where exactly did Burwanger go? Do you remember, Ken? No, I know it's Burwanger though. Uh, we we also guessed University of Chicago. Well, that is a great pull by someone who's not in Chicago for John. There, it is the University of Chicago, founding member of the Big Ten. Nice, nice job, John. Is a very good sports trivia player, as we found out here, and oh, trivia player overall. Yes, he is. I, I thought this was bench warmers, but uh, yeah. <laughs> working okay. Not quite. Um, all right. So round one, question nine, uh, the category is travel. So according to the UN tourism rankings, what is by far the most Caribbean, most visited Caribbean country in terms of annual worldwide tourists per year? All right, Jeff. Uh, I like your answer and uh, I'll just trust you. We'll see if you're wrong. Ooh. All right. fired. I'm thinking uh, Jamaica and Bahamas. Those are the two I was thinking of. Probably. Um, Come on, I thought of Jamaica first, but uh, you know, really, I could see either. Jamaica's being larger. That is true. That's true. Um, and they have sandals resorts. There. By what marking? What are about you? barefoot resorts too? Saying larger, like larger. Where's Where's that big like Atlantis Besides. resort? Isn't that a big thing? Oh. That's in Bahamas. That's in Bahamas. Ken and I saw it from the other side of an island. Yeah, gun to my head, I'd take Bahamas, but um, it's, it's you know, 5149. That was kind of my gut, and I kind of convinced myself of Jamaica, but I'm since you're saying Bahamas, I'm happy to go with it. Let's let's do it. All right, Bahamas. Hmm. That's funny because uh, I thought Bahamas, Jeff Jot, Jot Jamaica. Yeah, it's, it's a tough one because um, I want to rule Cuba out right away because obviously Americans still don't go there really. Um, but Bahamas, I should have thought about because a lot of cruise ships stop in Nassau, but we locked in Jamaica. Ooh, so do we have one Bahamas and one Jamaica? Mm-hmm. Well, I guess it could be good news or bad news for the crew that it was neither of those two choices. The answer by <laughs> far is the Dominican Republic. Oh, um, my parents rap. are there right now. There you go. Is that true? Okay. That's funny. No way. The DR? They're in the DR right now? They go all the time. Hedonism. See, that's they're they're doing all the rankings. They go here. to Punta Cana all the time. Oh, crap, Punta Cana is in the Dominican Republic. Yeah. All right, let's finish up the first half of the game, round one, with a question about politics. Who is the only major party U.S. politician in history to lose a statewide election in every U.S. state? I kind of want to go with that. I think I think you're onto something. I don't know if it's quite there, but it's a very smart guess. All right, so you guys are locked in. So we're trying to think of maybe like a blowout presidential candidate. Um, I think Reagan won very handily one time in every state, correct? 
I I remembered, I thought in 84, he beat Mondale in 49 states, except for, I think, Minnesota, where Mondale was from. I, I thought it was like almost a clean oh. sleep, but not quite. But I, I could be wrong on that. Um, hmm. But it, I, I don't know who I would guess other than Walter Mondale. Right. I, I don't know a guy who won, who lost more than that. All right, we'll say uh, Walter Mondale. Yeah, we were thinking along the same lines, although I thought maybe if they had run in a previous election and had lost in that one state. Um, uh, yeah. So, um, but we we guessed uh, Dukakis in this case. Because so. Mondale could have lost a state election at some point in his career before also. So So the two guesses there are Walter Mondale for the Gluttons and Dukakis for the loot box? Yes. Well, points are going out, and the points are going out to the Gluttons. It is Walter Mondale. In 1984, mm. he lost 49 of 50 states. And then when Paul Wellstone, as a senator, was killed in an airplane crash, he subbed in on the Democratic ticket and lost a senatorial election afterwards to Norm Coleman. So he lost a statewide election in Minnesota, and that was the only state he won in the 84 presidential election. Wow. I knew you were onto something. We had the wrong Democrat. Yeah. Well, uh, we tried. But uh, speaking of elections and uh, you know numbers coming in, the numbers for the scores after the first round are tied 50 to 50. So nothing's really budging here. Now, Ken, I know when we talk about uh, our Patreon bonuses, uh, you often have uh, the best time doing the crop drop. Is that right? That's right. Love uh, the ask me anything style uh, questions. And uh, we just kind of answer off the cuff. We don't usually re review the questions beforehand. Mm -hmm. So just uh, kind of getting a little bit of our personality and some of our opinions, too. Yeah, those are always fun. And and speaking of the patrons who uh, we know are also listening to this, um, you know, the regular Patreon bonuses are a great way for someone who maybe, you know, wrote, say, 15 questions or so, um, doesn't have the time uh, to write a full game for us to host, but maybe wants to come and hang out, hang out with us, ask us some questions, just uh, have a good time and that's why we like to invite as many patrons as we can to do our, our regular Triviality Patreon bonus, which is 15 questions, just to, you know, wet your beak a little bit, get you in the mood for trivia. Um, and uh, if, you, if you'd like to do that, just uh, email us, and we'll make sure that we get you on one of those, because those are always fun. But most of all, um, we just can't do this show without our patrons. So if you'd like to join John and David, you can go to patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast. And as we've mentioned in our team name the entire game, if you're at the $20 level or higher, you get a loot box made by one of us um, that is customized to you. So uh, feel and free. mine are going to have jade eggs in it next uh, next cycle. Okay. Well, yeah, that's that's a promise from Ken. Jade eggs in the loot box. But that is not a promise. <laughs> just like uh, Walter Mondale, apparently. Couldn't keep his promises. But, that's right. Um, but yes, uh, join us at patreon.com. says Triviality Podcast. And we're going to throw it back to David over in Pittsburgh. Uh, and I'm hoping that he'll give me a burnt almond torch. But we want to swing around right now. So... Well, you did mention Pittsburgh, and so the, one of the times I hosted before, I did also a board game. So the swing around today is also a bowl game. So like you said, fall is in the air, and it brings the eternal disappointment of my Pitt Panthers and the college football season. I will give 10 questions, and the answer to each question is also the name of a college football bowl game which Pitt has played in. So please note, some bowl games have traditional names, some are named by sponsors, but the answer to each question will be the name of the game when Pitt played in it. I will also give the year Pitt last played in the game and the score. So here we go. Number one, surname of the golfer with the sixth highest earnings in the history of the PGA Tour. 1937, Pitt 21, Washington 0. Number two, Maroon 5 song, which reached number two on the Billboard Top 100 chart in 2015. 1980, Pitt 24, Georgia 20. Number three, Clue character, first introduced in the 1985 VHS game, has been, has been a part of many subsequent board game editions of the game. 2021, Michigan State 31, Pitt 21. Number four, name of the nightclub, which allegedly inspired the paint club in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, 1983, SMU 7, Pit 3. Number five, Will Ferrell's alter ego and the other guys who just need some walking around money, 1980, Pit 37, South Carolina 9. Number six, the radioactive brand of this dinnerware is highly collectible, 1979, Pit 16, Arizona 10. Number seven, currently the third largest pizza chain by total sales in the United States. 2013, Pit 30, Bowling Green 27. Number eight, colorfully named State Flower of Texas, 1987, Texas 32, Pit 27. Number nine, publicly traded global IT Fortune 500 company. The NASDAQ stock symbol is NSIT. 2002, Pit 38, Oregon State 13. 
And number 10, founding father and first governor of the state of Massachusetts, 1989, Pitt 31, Texas A&M 28. All right, everybody but me will be thinking about these answers, and uh, we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the icon of vacations. Icon of the seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. And we are back. Uh, We have some answers, and uh, we'll see how we did. Okay, so the swing round was a sports category, but not really. But, you know, if if any of you got this from the pit scores, I'd be impressed. But probably from the other hints. So, number one, surname of the golfer with the sixth highest earnings in the history of the PGA Tour, 1937, pit 21, Washington zero. And so we went to the uh, the, the Davis Love the third bull. Uh, No, it was a player. Oh, player's a good one, Gary Player. Yeah, player players a really good one. Uh, so our logic on this one is we named all the golfers we could, and we we didn't think any of them sounded like a bowl. And after we couldn't figure out a few of the answers, we said one of these has to be Rose Bowl. So we just put Rose Bowl right at number one. So two ways you could have got this. Number one, a Pac-12 team is playing in the game, Washington. So that should probably lead you to the Rose Bowl. The other one is Justin Rose is the sixth highest earning golfer in the history of the PGA Tour. All of the golfers who have earned the most money have played very recently. So it is the Rose Bowl. Oh, so there is a golfer named Rose. Yeah, Justin okay. Rose. We didn't think cool. there was a, ro- a Woods Bowl, so yeah, it wasn't it wasn't was Anthony was... Tostito. <laughs> I knew there was no Bryson DeChambeau, so <laughs> that that would be a good name, though. Yeah, are these adjusted for inflation? <laughs> <laughs> so number two, Maroon Five song, which reached number two on the Billboard Top 100 in 2015. Not to be confused with the uh, System of a Down jam of the same name. We said Sugar. Oh, the Animal Bowl. What did we say, Neil? We said Sugar. Ah, oh, that's the one. Yeah, 1980, Pitt beat Georgia 24-20, to 20, and they won the national championship in this bowl game four years earlier. It is New Orleans, the Sugar Bowl. Number three, Clue character first introduced in the 1985 VHS game has been a part of many subsequent board game editions of the game. Pitt last played in this game in 2021, just two years ago. Michigan State 31, Pitt 21. Yeah, we, uh, we guessed Peacock. Um, I thought this was the one named after Neil since he's a sweet Georgia peach, and we said the Peach Bowl. Yeah, my family has a tradition of driving to uh, pit bowl games only to see starting quarterbacks either not play or get hurt. Kenny Pickett didn't play in this game. It was the Peach Bowl. Number four, name of the nightclub which allegedly inspired the Paint Club in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, 1983. Future ACC opponent, SMU 7, Pit 3. For this one, uh, we reasoned that it might be Cotton. Yeah, we knew the, the Cotton Club was very famous, and we knew there was a Cotton Bowl, so we said Cotton as well. No, it points to both teams. It was the Cotton Bowl. Good job. Number five, Will Ferrell's alter ego and the other guys who just need some walking around money. 1980, Pitt 37, South Carolina 9. Seen the movie, don't remember it. Uh, we guessed orange. We just said what would be an intimidating nickname. Uh, we went Gator. Yeah, Will, Fer- Will Ferrell's character, definitely not a pimp. That is Gator. Gator Bowl. Number six, the radioactive brand of this dinnerware is highly collectible. 1979, Pitt 16, Arizona 10. Well, our old uh, band instructor used to collect. It still does, right? He does, yeah. Fiesta wear. So we said uh, Fiesta Bowl. Yeah, we got a nice little set uh, for our recent wedding. We said Fiesta. Well, I, I doubt that. Maybe it does. I don't know. If they, if they, if they get you a, a set of uh, dinnerware that's old enough, it would have some uranium in it. That's the collectible kind. It is Fiesta. Number seven, currently the third largest pizza chain by total sales in the United States, 2013, Pit 30, Bowling Green 27. Kicking around a couple of guesses, uh, Little Caesars, but uh, ended up on Papa John's. Yeah, we guessed Little Caesars. Well, you guys named the third and the fourth largest pizza chains in the U.S., but it is Detroit's own Little Caesars was the answer to that uh, one, the Little Caesars. Man, we, this is not going our way here, John. 
Number eight. I thought there was going to be some defunct ones on here. So, <laughs> number eight, colorfully named State Flower of Texas, 1987, Texas 32, Pit 27. This is a defunct bowl game. Um, I think this is the. Uh, now, now I'm not second guessing if it's Blue Bell or Blue Bonnet. I'm going to say Blue Bell. Uh, yeah, this one we had no idea that it was a bowl game, but I know that the Texas Flower is the Blue Bonnet. So we said Blue Bonnet. Oh, John was so close. It is the Blue Bonnet Bowl. He almost said it too at the end too. Yeah, Blue Bonnet. All Neil on that one. Number nine, publicly traded global IT Fortune 500 company, Nasdaq stock symbol NSIT, 2002, Pit 38, Oregon State 13. Uh, we went with uh, Northrop Grumman. I know they do the military bowl sometimes. Ooh, interesting. Um, we said Insight. I think that's their stock ticker. Yeah, if you uh, search highlights of this game, the most famous play is Larry, Fresh- Larry Fitzgerald made an unbelievable catch in his freshman year. It is the Insight Bowl. And finally, founding father and first governor of the state of Massachusetts, 1989, Pitt 31, Texas A&M 28. Uh, we just kind of guessed Hancock for this one. That sounds like a much cooler bowl. Uh, we had no idea. We just said Adams. Well, points are going to Gluttons on this one. That was an insurance company, and it did sponsor the Sun. what is now the Sun Bowl. It was the John Hancock Bowl, so good job. Well, we are happy to escape this round with uh, 20 points. And we picked up 40, so it looks like our total is going to be 90 to 70. Okay, moving on to the second half of the game, round two. Round two, question one, is in food. So the origins of which American Chinese food staple item are unclear, but probably traced back to one of two New York City chefs in the 1930s. The first recipe was printed in a 1938 cookbook, which included ingredients such as bamboo shoots, roast pork, and shrimp, but notably did not include the main ingredient of the dish. Name it. So I'm thinking maybe uh, Egg Foo Young for this one? That would make sense. I've been kind of kicking around just, you know, General Tso's chicken, uh, things of that nature, but now that makes more sense. Yeah, mixing the pork and the shrimp is uh, kind of more indicative of that sort of thing. And also missing the main ingredient, which would be the egg. So, yeah, egg foo young. It's got to be not a pork or shrimp dish then. Yeah, no, good with that. We figured that the egg was also missing from our choice, but we just guessed the humble egg roll. The main ingredient of the dish is cabbage. It is the egg roll. Son of a bitch. (laughs) getting killed today i thought you were gonna say it ken (laughs) all right round two question two the category is gambling so in craps what is the total number for the role nicknamed a ballerina neil i've got no idea i've played craps and i've never heard of this so i'm good with any guess really all right we're gonna lock in a guess here So where, where my head's going is that uh, it could be four because it's made of two twos. Like, yeah. But I mean, kind of dumb, but like that's all that's that's all I got. So. It's all dumb. Yeah. Just I, all, I all, that, all that crap stuff is dumb. So I like it. Let's go with four for, for two and two. I don't think it's dumb. I think it's clever. What did we say? Yeah, that's a really great guess here. Um, we just picked eight because it kind of looks like some sort of dance sequence. That's so. boxcars. Hmm. Well, points are going there, and they're going to John, and I appreciate, uh, let's get the dumb ones right. So that is a two and a two, and that is four, and that is a ballerina roll. So great job. Why is it called boxcars? Boxcars are a 12, right? Oh, Oh, see. Boxcars are a two, six and a six. Isn't it a hard eight? No? Uh, Hard eight is a four and a four. Yeah. Oh, you're probably right. Boxcars are slang for 12, also called, called midnight. Oh, there you go. Well, the midnight I get because 12 o'clock, but why is well, I still don't get the boxcars, Neil? The thing that you said you were going to look up for me. The spots on the two dice look like schematic drawings of railroad boxcars. Oh, okay. So some engineer. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, let's go. Um, where are we at? Round two, question three. The category is the Oscars. So name the most recent best picture winner to finish a calendar year in the top 25 of the domestic U.S. box office. So, Jeff, I wrote down two movies. Both of them are definitely on this list, and I can't think of one that was more recent, so we're just going to lock in with one. Yeah, and it would be a really good trivia question if that's the right answer. So, Yeah, so it sounds like they're going kind of far back here, John. I'm kind of encouraged to go kind of far back as well. Top 25, I mean, it sounds like a lot, but 
these Oscar movies really don't chart very high usually. So do you have anything off the top of your head? So I'm guessing we don't go further back than Return of the King. Yes, I think um, Return of the King definitely makes the list, and that's sort of my inclination is to go with that. I'm trying to think of one that might be in the top 25 otherwise. So I thought Everything Everywhere did pretty well, but mm. that seems too recent. Like, I don't know if it's like a, a trick. But I mean, I thought I thought that, you know, that was more mainstream than like some of the other stuff that wins. Um but it is literally possibly but top 25 especially in the the era of the superheroes and they just crank all these blockbusters out all the time i don't you know it was probably limited release at first yeah it's and also i guess i'm kind of wondering the time of the year like most of these end up getting released sort of in the like q4 period so they probably don't get a very high individual calendar box office compared to like a summer superhero so i'm inclined to go all the way back to lord of the rings i i don't hate that um i can't think of one i mean did did the departed win uh best picture yeah Yeah. that's almost certainly and that's more recent and my guess is that's probably top 20 i mean it's r-rated but maybe that's top 25 maybe I, i could go with that um god i can't afford to go much further down. I, I, I could I, I could be happy with either of those. All right. Let's go with yours. Let's go with Departed. I was thinking about The Departed. Uh, I wrote that down. I wrote uh, Gladiator. I mean, I don't think Argo made that much money. But, yeah, we, we kind of— <laughs> No, Argo did not. <laughs> we, uh, we went down to uh, Return of the King, Lord of the Rings. We just knew that one definitely made a ton of money. But I think the trick here in this well-worded question is that it uh, just had to hit the top 25, so it could be a lot more— of a smaller movie. But anyway, we went Return to the King. Well, thanks for the compliment on the question, Neil. The reason I said top 25 is last year, Everything Everywhere All at Once finished like 27th. And I didn't want it to be a trick with it being last year's. You don't have to go back as far as Lord of the Rings. It is the dumb answer that you guys bannered around. It was Argo, number 25, oh, just snuck wow. in there. <laughs> and the King's Speech the year that. before also finished in the top 25 too. But Argo was, was, the, st- Argo was released a year later. Those are some soft years. Yeah, I, I I wrote Argo because I knew it was popular. I didn't really realize it was that popular, but made a couple hundred million. Okay, round. I'm, I'm shocked. Round two, question four. I think this is my last sports question of the game. Hall of Fame. So in 2023, Aliquippa High School outside of Pittsburgh became the first and only high school with three alums in the NFL Hall of Fame. Name the 2023 inductee who also played college football at the University of Pittsburgh, and for one bonus point each. Name the other two members. God, I, I I I feel good about the one. I can pro. I might be able to scrape one of the other two. All right, Jeff and I. Um, we think we figured out the 2023 inductee, and we have only one uh, bonus answer that we think's uh, 100% correct. So we'll try for the bonus. Um. So I've I've got in my head that this is Darrell Revis. Um. I don't. It feels like he, I don't like maybe he's been out of the league for more than like five years, but I think he went to Pitt. <sighs> I think for the other guys, I think Tony Dorsett is an old Pitt guy. If I had to guess another one, I would. I think Curtis Martin went to Pitt as well and might be from around the area. So if if uh, if I got to go, I'm guessing main main guest Darrell Revis and then Tony Dorsett and. Uh, the other guy, Curtis Martin, that I said uh, for the other two for the bonus. And uh, we think that 2023 had Larry Fitzgerald uh, inducted, and we heard uh, David say his name a little bit earlier. I don't, I, I'm pretty sure he did go to Pitt now that I think about it. And then our bonus, we just assumed uh, it'd have to be Dan Marino. So that's what we locked him with. Well, I get to drop some high schools here in Pittsburgh. So, uh, first of all, the 2023 inductee, good job, John. It was Darrell Revis. Darrell Revis is from Aliquippa, so you get full points on that one. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald went to high school in Minnesota, and I don't even think he's technically retired yet for some odd reason. So, um, I don't know that he's eligible yet for the Hall of Fame. And the other two uh, people you could have named, uh, Tony Dorsett is from Hopewell High School, which is very close to Aliquippa. Curtis Martin went to my father's high school, Alderdice. But the other two you could have named, a little disappointed in the Chicago crew. Mike Ditka is one. And then the other one is uh, Ty Law. Ty Law and Mike Ditka are the other two bonus answers. So all three went to Aliquippa High School. 
All right, round two, question five, category is U.S. history. So name the 19th century Lakota chief known for his skill as a military commander who was the first Native American to win a war against the United States. JFK apparently wanted to name a U.S. submarine after him, but declined as he was worried the name would evoke fears of communist sympathies. Anything jumping out at you right away? Um, I think Sitting Bull was a Sioux chief, which I think is um, like Lakota Sioux. I, I think those are related at least. Mm. Um, now, why I, would it vo evoke fears of communist sympathies? Only thing I can get in, it was like maybe sit-ins or something, but that's only kind. I mean, that's not really the same thing. Um, yeah. Maybe something. Red something, yeah. Red. Is there like a chief red, red hawk or red something? Um, yeah, maybe. Hmm. I'm not, I'm really not sure. I could go with red hawk though. Let's, let's, let's go. Let's, uh, let's go sitting bull. Why not? At least then we have a actual figure for sure. There you go. Yeah, I know that's a real person. We wrote down Sitting Bull, and before I had heard the the communist uh, clue there, uh, I wrote down Red Cloud, which I read about also fighting American military, and we actually locked in with Red Cloud. It is Red Cloud. It's sort of hard to get that one, but I, I hope the hint would have led you to Red, and then we'll see. But it was Red Cloud. Well, we got we got half of it. Yeah. So. It did verify um, our inclinations, so glad you had it in there. At the end of the first five, both teams picking up 20 points, bringing our totals to 90 for the uh, glutton for punishment and 110 for what's in the loot box. So very close game. I feel like we're getting crushed, but really not too bad. Yeah, that 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 swing round just really took a lot of wind out of my sails. But You're getting crushed almost in proportion to us. <laughs> There's plenty of game left here and plenty of time for the gluttons to take over. So here we go, round two. Question six, the category is television. So NBC is known for their long-running late-night show, The Tonight Show, as well as their even longer-running morning show, The Today Show. What similarly, titled, what similarly titled program did Tom Snyder host from 1973 to 1981? The show aired at 1 a.m. Eastern time and was notable for its interviews with subjects such as John Lennon and the full original cast of SNL. Neil and I kind of cobbled together an answer here, and uh, we'll see if it's right. Okay. So we got um, late night. I mean, that sort of fits the the scheme, right? Tonight show, today show, late night. Yeah, it could be like a, a midnight show or the early morning show or something to that effect. Um, is, there's a late, late show. Um, I think that might be CBS. Yeah, I think so. Um, and it, it doesn't really follow the pattern. So we'll say uh we'll say late night then. Yeah, we figured if uh it was late night then it would be a continued on to, to today presumably. Um so we we took a stab at at something that is uh just a guess based on the 1 a.m. time slot and we said after midnight. Ooh, 10 more points for me. Late night I think was started with David Letterman. After midnight mm -hmm. was when this aired, but you had today you had tonight, and Tom Snyder hosted tomorrow. It was the tomorrow. Oh, show. it was a simple tomorrow. Okay, we we wrote down tomorrow, but we we're like, would they really name the show that? But yeah, yep. Isn't it after midnight a movie or something? After hours is a movie. Scorsese yeah. movie with Griff after midnight. We're gonna let it all hang out with yeah. Griffin Dunn. At midnight is the show hosted by uh, Chris Hardwick. I'm, I'm thinking of a link later one. Which one am I thinking of? Like after dawn? Or oh, something? you're thinking uh, before sunrise, before sunset. After sun, sunrise, after sunset, yeah. There you go. Okay, round two, question seven, categories business. Um, here we go. The Green family, specifically brothers Stephen and David, created controversy last decade when numerous items, mostly clay tablets and ceramic tiles, which they arranged to be shipped and donated to their Museum of the Bible, were in fact looted and smuggled from the Middle East. The Greens are the president and CEO of which company, which was forced to pay a $3 million fine and return almost 12,000 items to Iraq and Egypt. This retail chain has just under 1,000 stores in the U.S. Looks like John knows this one cold, so uh, we're good to go. Created controversy when they arranged to be shipped and donated to their... Oh, Museum of the Bible. Okay, so we're looking for stores with less than 1,000 that are Bible-obsessed uh, or, or into the Bible. So what about Hobby Lobby? Uh, Maybe. I don't know if they have a that many stores but it, it could be them for sure 
Um, definitely, um, like Chick Fil A has more than a thousand, and they have a very religious yep. association. What's that other one called? Tuesday morning. I don't know if that's a religious. Yeah. Um, Is Hobby Lobby national? Would they have? I think so. Jokingly, I, I was going to say anthropology, but oh uh, yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't think that that's quite right. Uh, I don't mind Hobby Lobby for this. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll lock in Hobby Lobby. Yeah, pretty pretty sure this is Hobby Lobby. It was not Chick-fil-A. It was Hobby Lobby. They had to pay a giant fine because they were stealing things from the Middle East. It was Hobby Lobby. Can't do that. Can't do that. It's a shame, too, because every Sunday when we record, we try to go to Hobby Lobby to get some decorative plants and signs to put in the studio, but it's never open. Don't you know you can't cravings. steal from the Middle East unless you're called the British Museum? <laughs> That's true. Right. You have to be British. That's right. They're actually selling live, laugh, love tablets. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, good job there. Both teams got points. Uh, round two, question eight, the category is musicals. Andrew Lloyd Webber's most recent competitive Tony nomination for his work composing the score to which 2015 musical. The musical is adapted and shares its name with a 2003 film starring Jack Black. Mm, that, was we Jack can lock Bla- in. that was Jack Black's heyday. So we got, we got our work cut out for us here. Jeff, we can lock in with Shallow Hell, the musical. <laughs> that was the first movie I thought about. It's like Orange County. That is, 2003 era. was Orange County. Saving Silverman. Um, I, I think I think this might be, didn't they make a musical out of School of Rock? Yeah, would Andrew Lloyd Webber have? Yeah, uh, I mean, that's that's cool. Yeah. It's 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 the of the, the the black films of the era. It's the closest one I can really get to a musical because other otherwise, like I said, it's, it's you're looking at Shallow Howl or Orange County. Yeah. Okay. Uh, School of Rock. If there's money, can uh, I think Andrew Lloyd Webber will do whatever it takes to to get there. I see. Uh, but yeah, this show um, kind of birthed the uh, the career of Alex Brightman, who's a great uh, Broadway star. He was uh, the lead in Beetlejuice. We also said School of Rock. Well, I love the idea for a Shallow Howl musical. Where can I throw my money into that? That would be unbelievable. <laughs> but the teams... In this day and age? <laughs> I don't know. Probably not politically correct. But uh, <laughs> both teams getting points, and both teams are on a roll. It is School of Rock. Good job. Okay, round one. Uh, oh, yeah. Alex Brightman's great. Mm-hmm. He, yeah. Um, two uh, Tony nominations, two Tony losses, though. Yep, that's right. And uh, we're just going to let this Shallow Howl reference pass without a Jade Egg reference to follow, so... Okay, round two, question nine. Back to politics and elections. So name either of the two states, one Midwestern, one South, one Southeastern, which Barack Obama won in 2008 against John McCain, but lost in 2012 against Mitt Romney. The electoral maps were exactly the same, except Mitt Romney won two states that John McCain didn't. Neil and I discussed, um, boy, this map is a lot harder to see in my head than I thought it would be, um, but we're going to go ahead and lock in. So yeah, sort of like they talked about, I I have it in my head that he won Florida both times. Um, The states, the southeastern states that I think it could be are North Carolina and Georgia. The midwestern states, if I had to guess, would be either of Ohio or Iowa. Um, Mm. I would lean more towards Iowa because I think that Ohio had that thing where like you had to win it to win the presidency forever. But um, yeah, so those would be my pairs of guesses for, for the two ones. What are you thinking? Well, if if you're pretty confident about what what was it, South Carolina and Georgia, uh, North Carolina, or North Georgia. Carolina, I thought it was one of those. I think not Georgia because I think it was pretty like crazy, like unique that Biden won Georgia. Sure. Um. So, uh, I would go with the other one, but uh, what? Yeah, whatever you think on that one. Ohio sounded good to me. Iowa, I I wouldn't know either way because it's not usually that influential, to be honest. Got it. Well, I think it would, it would just have to flip. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, 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 if it's up to me, I'm guessing Iowa and North Carolina, but I'm, I'm iffy on both. We just need oh, one. Or, just whichever one you feel oh, strong about. Yeah, just one. Oh, crap. Okay. So feel better about North Carolina then? Yeah, sounds good. Let's do it. So really racking my brain. I, I had a feeling I could figure out the one in the Midwest, but it was going to take me a bit. Ohio, Wisconsin, they they can dive around a little bit, but I think the thing here that clinches it for me is, I want to say weirdly, um, usually voting for Republicans, I think Indiana did vote for um, Barack uh, in the Electoral College in 08, so we're going to go Indiana. So we all have different 
ideas and thoughts. Yeah. About this. So the glutton said North Carolina, and the loot box said Indiana. Correct. Yeah. And points are going to both teams. Those are the two states. It was Indiana oh. and North Carolina. Good job. All right. Last question of the regular game, round two, question ten. The category is reality TV. So. Of all of the individuals who have been full-time judges on American Idol for at least one season, who has the most Grammy Awards? We are going to lock in with a guess here. All right. So I was thinking um, maybe Paula Abdul. Paula Abdul. Um, is that a straight-up the best answer I've heard all day? How many How many hosts do you know? I, I know the, the, Katy was... Perry did it. Maybe she's got a few. I, I would be I would say Katy Perry over Paula Abdul probably um wasn't Randy Jackson was like a producer right so yeah, I, I don't probably. know if he's got a, I don't know if he's got a bunch of like sneaky Grammy credits yeah or something that's like that. I was thinking that too um I mean I'd I'd probably guess um did did Carrie Carrie Underwood uh, hosted it did she I know she won it or was mm, on it I don't I don't I don't know or does she just have a bunch of CMAs yeah true that's yeah there is kind of the whole parallel system there um yeah i mean my i i, I would go with katie perry of those uh either paula abdul or uh uh randy jackson i could be okay with as well okay we'll go with uh katie perry then well neil we know it's not luke bryan so who, who what do you think yeah we we wrote down j-lo as well but i don't think she's won any or she's only won one and uh Steven Tyler of Aerosmith. I don't think he's won any Grammys either. Um, so we wrote down Lionel Richie, and I remember Mariah Carey was a host, but I don't think she was full-time. So we said Lionel Richie. She was a full-time judge for one year. It was Mariah Carey. Oh, oh I didn't think it was that long. Yeah. Oh, man. That's the trick to that one. She she was just her, and I think Nicki Minaj was another judge that year. They were just on for one year and then off. Going into the final, it looks like the entire second round was basically the same for both teams. Both teams picking up 50 points each, batting 50%, which brings our totals to 120 for the glutton for punishment and 140 for what's in the loot box. Okay, so here are the categories for the final round. They are all decades. So category one, question one, is in the 60s. It is a music question. Category two is the 70s, a movies question. Category three, the 80s, food and drink. Category four, the 90s, sports. And category five, the 2000s, TV. The wagers are now locked in. Let's go ahead and get the final round questions. All right, so question number one, 60s, music question. The TAMI show was an influential concert film filmed in 1964 in Santa Monica, California. The concert is perhaps best remembered for a performance by which musician, an icon in numerous genres, including funk and soul, and one of the inaugural members of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The Rolling Stones directly followed this singer, and Keith Richards said that following him was the worst mistake of their careers, as no matter how well they performed, they could not top him. Name the musician. Question two, 70s, movies question. John Cazale's brief career was legendary in that he starred in five films, all nominated for Best Picture. What was Cazale's final film, parts of which were filmed just outside of Pittsburgh? Number three, the 80s, a food and drink question. The lineage of lemon-lime sodas offered by Pepsi goes from Starry, currently, back to Sierra Mist, and then beginning with which brand of drink, debuting in 1984? Question number four, 90s, sports question. The alternate uniform trend really took off in the 1990s, perhaps most notably in the NBA, where many of the alternate jerseys have been revived in recent years as classic jerseys for current teams. Which team in 1990 had an alternate blue and white tie-dye jersey, a fan favorite which was brought back in 2020 for the 30th anniversary? Finally, number five, 2000s, TV question. Between 2000 and 2010, three series won the Emmy for Outstanding Drama Series for the first season of their show. Two were network shows, one was a cable program. Name two of the three series. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
got your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. And all the answers are now in. Let's hear the questions one more time and see who will be today's cream of the crop after this slugfest. Okay, final round started with a music question from the 60s. The TAMI show was an influential concert film filmed in 1964 in Santa Monica, California. Who performed at that concert in an iconic performance? Uh, influencer of genres such as funk and soul and one of the inaugural members of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that Rolling Stones' Keith Richards said they made a giant mistake following him. What was the guesses? Well, I certainly wouldn't want to follow James Brown. So for five points, we said James Brown. Yeah, initially, uh, Jeff and I thought they were talking about the Triviality TMI show, which no one wants to follow, but we quickly realized it was the We TA. call that the Crop Drop, yeah. and crop it's available drop. for patrons. Uh, but yeah, we said James Brown as well. How many points? For 30 points. Oh. Hope, hope we're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you sort of have that to hope you got that one wrong there. But unfortunately, you guys both got that right. It was James Brown. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're not booing James Brown. You're just booing that you lost points. Yes. Do the hot tub. No, we gained points, or that you, gained, you points. gained more. Right, right. Okay, so moving on to the 70s and movies question. John Cazale's brief career was legendary. They starred in five films, and all of them were nominated for Best Picture. What was Cazale's final film, parts of which were filmed just outside of Pittsburgh? Um, do you want to take this one for 15 points, John? Yeah, I feel like this is something that I saw fairly recently, and uh, we were both stuck on Deer Hunter, so going with the Deer Hunter. Yeah, uh, John is right on the money. Uh, it's one of my favorite trivia facts. Uh, you got Godfather 1 and 2, Conversation, Dog Day Afternoon, and Deer Hunter. That's what we locked in with. Yeah, Deer Hunter is set in Clarendon, PA, but I believe parts of it were filmed in McKeesport, PA. Most of it was filmed, I think, in Ohio, but it is the Deer Hunter. Not in Vietnam. No, nope. Christopher Walken was, was in his contract, no Vietnam. All right. And the question might that might swing the final round, the 80s food and drink question. The lineage of lemon lime sodas offered by Pepsi goes from Starry back to Sierra Mist and then beginning with which brand of drink debuting in 1984? Uh, for five points again, we said Mellow Yellow. We had thrown Mellow Yellow around, but I believe that's the Coke version of Mountain Dew. We said Slice. How many points? 20. Well, Slice would fit, as there is Starry and there is Sierra Mist, and you would have three S-words. Word, S uh, John correctly noted that Slice does have an orange variety, Mandarin Orange Slice, but they started with a lemon-lime variety. It is Slice. Oh, I, was like, I was like, if you get me started, there's going to be some other S-words flying around <laughs> here, David. So. <laughs> All right, number four, the 90s sports. The alternative uniform trend really took off in the 90s, perhaps notably in the NBA, where many of the alternate jerseys have been revived as classic jerseys for current teams. What team in 1990 had an alternate blue and white tie-dye jersey? A fan favorite brought back in 2020 for its 30th anniversary. For 15 points, John, what do we have? Uh, I thought I remembered this being a, a Nets thing, so we said the Nets. Uh, we agree. Uh, we said the Nets. How many points? 30. Well, the, the gluttons somehow can't can't get ahead here because every time they get it right, the other team gets it right. It's one of the best uniforms Drazen Petrovic, the late Drazen Petrovic would wear him. It is the New Jersey Nets. Well then, Brooklyn by the time they brought it back, right? Brooklyn then, but yeah, New Brooklyn, but New Jersey first. So final question of the game, 2000s television. Between 2000 and 2010, three series won the Emmy for Best Outstanding Drama Series for the first season of their show. Two were network shows. One was a basic cable program. Name two of the three series. For 15 points, we said 24 and lost. I think Lost was one of them at one point. Um, I can't remember if it was before 2010. But yeah, we said The West Wing uh, and The Sopranos, and then we had Mad Men, but we just didn't officially lock that one in. So your guess was Sopranos and West Wing? And, and West Wing, yep. Yeah. Uh, well, all three answers were said, but no one's getting points. It is The West Wing, Lost, and Mad Men. Oh. Ooh. Sopranos, I must have been 99. Yeah. The scores are all tabulated, and it looks like Team 
Glutton for Punishment. Glutton for Punishment uh, is going to pick up 15 points, bringing their total to 135. And uh, Team What's in the Loot Box is going to be picking up 80 points, bringing their total to 220. So 100 like points. You're, you're winning the Jade egg, t- egg today. Oh, the Jade Egg's been won because it's been inside me the entire time. And you know what else? You're the cream <laughs> of the crop. <laughs> we are the cream of the crop. The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. Uh, great game. That what what great questions too. I think we were both neck and neck the entire game, and it was only like twenty points. The Jade Egg's always been inside you. <laughs> that's the, the that's time. the moral of the story. Is it like that's not a metaphor either? Like it usually is. Like the magic was inside you all right, along. Right. It is. That's well. That's why I was standing up for half the episode because I was a little <laughs> uncomfortable. Uh, but uh, let's start with David. Um, Stuck with it. Thank you for bringing this uh, us this game. Uh, great questions. We were neck and neck the whole time. I think it just had that big swing in the swing round and then the final round. But uh, any shout outs before we let you go today? No, great hanging out with you guys. That's part of the fun of this show. You get to hang out every couple months or so and hopefully have some fun at this trivia. And uh, John was a great player. It was a close game. I'm glad you know most of the questions were answered correctly, but can't wait, can't wait to be back. And uh, where can people find your live trivia that you're doing Oh, yeah, now? Pittsburgh Bar Trivia. I'm hosting around Pittsburgh. So if you go on there, you'll see me. I guess I'm going to be the regular host at a place called Strange Roots, which is a little microbrewery, right, like cool. less than a mile from my house, which is great because That's very I can clean. just go there. But you'll have uh, original content there on Wednesday nights. So come in and say hi. Hopefully somebody listens to the podcast shows up. Please, give, please come up and say hi. And if you say you're a fan of triviality to David, he'll give you a Pittsburgh Steelers colored jade egg. So thank you, David, uh, for joining us. Hopefully we can get out to Pittsburgh. You said you have a theater ready for us. We'll come make an appearance. Anytime. And uh, John, thank you so much. Great meeting you for the first time, having you on the show. We appreciate you also being a Patreon supporter like David. Very uh, knowledgeable too, John. Yeah, very, very knowledgeable. So lost. He was, what a great player today. Uh, Any shout outs before we let you go? Um, yeah, no, thanks, David, for hosting. Uh, thank you guys for inviting me on. Um, had a ton of fun despite getting completely dump trucked in the last round there. But um, yeah, I hope, uh, hope you'll be able to come on again sometime. This has been awesome. And as per usual, our final thank you goes out to Airwave Media. You can find them at airwavemedia.com and check out other great shows such as Pulse of the Planet, Settle the Stars, and Who Did What Now? Neil? Who Did What Now? What you talking about, Willis? And that'll be the show for today. Uh, And we want to, once again, thank our guests, David and John. For Matt, who is somewhere, Jeff, Neil, and myself, that is Triviality.